Hello and welcome to the Chopper House. Everyone's welcoming and uh, there's no need to take your shoes off here. So that's all good. Um, on today we have Zach Snell. Um, he's been my housemate at the uh, Surrey Chopper House in, uh, in Guildford uh, the last year. Um, and he's inspired me on so many levels to, you know, pursue the passion a little bit more and uh, pursue that self-betterment. And um, yeah, I'm really happy to chat with him today about social media. And uh, he's inspired me once again to have, have like a month off social media as well. And uh, yeah, we just talk all things about social media, the platforms, our ideal setup and kind of how he got to where where he is with the platform and how he's using it currently um uh, along with the other platforms that are available to the consumers so without further ado zach snell it makes me think of like when i had people telling me to do youtube channel for ages and i was putting it off and then once i started yeah. doing youtube i knew it was like a bit crap to start with but like mm. you have to you only learn by doing and exactly it's the whole thing I want to start doing Twitter I might even want to do a podcast myself I know it's not going to be good now I know but if I do it then maybe when I'm in my mid-twenties I would have had enough experience having to actually be good but if I just was always in the fear of like yeah the paralysis of not wanting to to be banging at all you know yeah yeah for sure and that's a whole episode think... itself <laughs> yeah I think we'll go on to one kind of more about your direction like, as well like, your, your direction as well and um kind of that sort of thing um do you have a clear picture of when you joined it and when you kind of set up your first account and kind of what what avenue that was um mm, well thanks for asking the question and thanks for thanks for having me on um i honestly say that it took quite a while for me to get on the socials in the first place. Um, personally, my parents were quite strict with adopting new technologies and kind of getting involved with this sort of stuff. So I actually didn't join Instagram until, I'd say, sixth form. So for those that aren't familiar, it's year 12. Um, so I was 16. Uh, and that's compared to a lot of people who would have been on Instagram even before um, my senior school. So people were on it, you know, 8, 9, 10, but then most people, uh, my sort of generation, they sort of got the phones in when they were like 12, 13, a bit more smartphones. And when they sort a, of joined that secondary, secondary school. school. Yeah, yeah it, and it was a thing that as you progressed, obviously, it was with the progression of the iPhone 4, the iPhone 5. I still had a flip-up phone uh, all the way until <laughs> I was 15. My 15th birthday, I got my first touch, touch which is wow. incredible like, yeah. compared to uh, what, what is kind of the norm now, unfortunately, I would say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my, my sort of journey towards social media was quite intense. Uh, it was quite an intense sort of dive in because I had to get up to speed with everything very quickly. Um, and so I had Instagram and Snapchat at the same time. Installed them both. And I guess we're primarily sort of talking about Instagram because Snapchat's less about feed and just communication. Um, but certainly with Instagram, I initially used it and I just was quite a passive user. Um, know much about it in terms of quite understanding network since doing a lot of marketing a lot of posting i'm sure we'll get into that um but initially i just saw it as a place that people shared images and to be honest at the time even then um it would be a lot of my um, friends at school posting like if it was the girls maybe posting like images that were like designed to get a lot of likes or same same with the guys showing with all, all the guys stood together like house parties and stuff and it was already like shifting from nice use and scenic, you know, destinations that people have gone on and, and posted, uh, which I guess is what it's supposed to be about. Um, so yeah, my journey towards it was definitely quite abrupt and quite late compared to uh, certainly a lot of people now, but even relative to people I was going through school. Right then, yeah. Would you at, at, attribute to your kind of because on your main account before kind of this culling, as you called it uh, back in February? Would you attribute that kind of growth that you got to because you came to it a bit later, a bit more mature and kind of could know what you wanted to post and it wasn't so kiddish on tagging 20 friends and all that? Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> That's the funny thing, actually, because when I, when I discovered Instagram and I'd obviously installed it and 
16, 17, 18, like doing sixth form, and I was sort of like coming to terms with it. I'd, I'd find my friends on it and I'd see like what have you been posting from like 2011 and it's like yeah tag five friends and all these like really stupid me like they call them memes but they're not memes by today's standards it's just like weird weird <laughs> things that kids get up to these days um, but I would honestly yeah I, I think that's probably true to an extent because I, I dive straight in and I already had the the, the values um, sort of instilled in me from my parents of being quite skeptical of this stuff and you know, it's like kind of can be quite yeah. fake and don't get caught up in comparison and stuff. That was as a big part of like my parents did a good job sort of like teaching me those values and, and the and the potential danger of stuff like that. Um which is why they kept me from it for a long time. Mm. Against my will. But I'm glad they did. Um yeah. and so yeah I think <clears throat> I came onto it very quickly just wanting to prove that that wasn't what it had to be Um, because I'd go on there and I'd see people being a little bit fake and maybe posting images to get certain likes and certain attraction and I just knew that it was false representation of what was going on and people just got caught up in that comparison Um, so 17 or 18 year old me decided it was a good idea to start vlogging his entire life through stories on Instagram Um, yeah that is the way to quick growth though you, right. you look at J- James Smith PT man. He vlogs everything on. Yeah, he, just, he still yeah. does. He's on the loo. He's he's filming about <laughs> some kind of like squat mechanism to what, get it down there. What's know. he? Th- what's he? Thirty, and you're you're doing this at eighteen. Yeah, well, <laughs> as as uh, I'm sure everyone will be familiar um, on any kind of social media, they used to have like time hops. And that's a bit of a throwback for anyone who's heard of a time hop because I, I I wasn't part of that generation. But obviously you have archive and you have one year ago today, three years ago today, yeah. all those sort of memories. And uh, I have to say, I thought I was very self-aware and very mature when I was 17 or 18. I think I was relative to my own age. But now looking back on it, uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't. Yeah. There was lots of things that I would consider very questionable now. Not in a particularly, like, not in a really bad sense, but just in terms of embarrassment. Um, but I always was very. Like you just cringe, cringe a little bit. <laughs> yeah, of I course, mean, you've, yeah. you've made us cringe a little bit at the chopper. <laughs> yeah, well, if, hey, look, if, if you don't cringe at yourself, no, your exactly. previous self, then you're not growing. So, exactly. I think I put myself out there for exposure. Like I put myself there, like you know, people people could embarrass me, and I can mm. embarrass myself. But that was all part of a process to show, like, that this is real life. This is not me just posting a nice race result and then like a picture of me looking good in like a suit for prom or something. And I'm not saying those things are bad. I think people, you know, people like to share the highlights of their life. That's good. But I just wanted to be really, like my key word when I started posting, it was in 29, like the beginning of 2019 or summer of 2019. It was just authenticity. It's just like just yeah. being transparent. Just like, this is me. I'll just pick up the camera and I'll just directly talk face-to-face talking to the camera for like eight stories or 12 stories in a row just ranting about some random thing yeah. and i was like that's just that's just real me picking up the camera and not caring what people think and that was a real drive initially um for yeah. why i got really involved with instagram yeah um so you've had a big relationship with instagram for you know, you know three or f- four or five years um I assume you stayed off TikTok for the majority of that. I installed yeah. <laughs> TikTok when I got hit by a car in January oh. 2020. Uh, classic car just went straight over the roundabout, and I was going straight over. No. Obviously, he, he was giving way to me. He just ran into yeah. me. On the side, I I was bedridden for like ten days, and unfortunately, <laughs> during those ten days, I stooped to the lowest point of installing <sighs> TikTok. But I uninstalled it after I got better. So I literally had it for like eight days. But yeah. unfortunately, those videos live on and my account is still there because I've never deleted it. And never it. <laughs> so if you want to search Zach Snell on TikTok, please don't. But if you want to search Zach Snell on TikTok, you'll find some cringe of me with a cast on my leg, basically, is what I'm saying. But oh, no, wow. I love TikTok. No, nowhere yeah. near TikTok. I don't like nah. it. I, I've never downloaded it because I, I, I think I said to my, cl- uh, my classmates in my tutor room, um, 
kind of at the start of a level if you download tiktok your grade automatically goes down one yeah right yes. i just was outright said that and i didn't even think about it but, um, i bet you could do some like bivariate uh, or like multivariate like regression analysis like you just do yeah. the sorry for those of you who don't know uh, that <laughs> basically means so i'm in the uni link uh, lingo dinners and i've just finished my research for, for those of you who don't know what i'm basically saying is you could probably do some data analysis stuff with code to work out the correlation and I reckon you could be like, oh, if someone spends a number of time on TikTok, their grade decreases on average by 0. whatever seven of a grade. And I reckon that's actually probably true. <laughs> It'd be interesting research to um, conduct, and I'm surprised no one really has done much. Or well, at uh, least maybe I need to look. It, right? Exactly. It like, it should be mainstream if they're doing it, just to cut, you know, these companies or whatever that are trying to Invested combat. interest, though, Tom. Yeah, yeah. Follow the money. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but recently, be reals kind of come up in in into mainstream society re- in recent times, and that's kind of grown. Kind of, how is that different to Instagram? Because it's a picture sharing app, obviously. But yeah, um, it's it, it's a very similar thing. But how how is that different to you? I mean, the whole time when I was posting a couple of years ago, like vlogging my whole life on, on Instagram stories. I was being real and that was the whole that was my whole jam i was trying to just show what i'm doing when training is going well when work's going well and vice versa when it's when it's not going well and just being myself and i think be real the app which actually actually has been around for quite some time um i haven't done my research on it but it i don't know if you one of my friends was the early adopters in sick form yeah really all the way back then yeah yeah. she she bragged about it quite be yeah. real has been going for a long like so that yeah, if that's ever a lesson to for your little businesses and startups if you're listening your little projects keep keep going the snowball might take off because all those months and a couple of years later i think it was february i installed it and i thought i yeah. was quite soon like january yeah. february I, I heard about it and then it seems to have march through to april may it's blown up and now everyone has it um Basically, I heard about it from a friend at church um, mm. that said, oh, no, it was, I just had church people on there. And then suddenly one of my cycling mates requested to follow me. I was like, oh, other people have this app. And then suddenly it, it, it was just blowing up. Um, and Be Real is basically, uh, I don't know if you want to explain this, Tom. Um, uh, yeah. Um, you know what? Oh, you don't even have it. So, yourself, so. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have it. Cause yeah. I, yeah, I've been... I like For me, Snapchat wasn't an install until 2019. And that was just to stay in touch with my schoolmates at school. So I wasn't actually left out of conversations and that. Um, but Be Real is like, it just comes up with a, a notification. You have to take a picture within like a certain two minute time. And, mm. and it's both yourself and um, the inverted camera as well. And then you upload that. Um, is that right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I was nodding. Then, <laughs> I yeah. forget this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not going on YouTube. You must. We're not yeah. the Joe Rogan podcast. You're Thankfully, not here for. You're not here for stack. Uh, smoking uh, some weed just yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you've kept quite a niche kind of following on that because I guess you just want the closest people to to see the real you. Yeah, right. I, I think. Yeah, I think Be Real is a is a great platform because it allows it allows everyone to sort of have a bit of fun. So it, and people stay connected with people that they might otherwise not see. I mean, that is one of the benefits of social media and technology yeah. is being able to stay in contact with people and like stay in touch. Like school friends years ago, if you if you move to a different place, you would just you just wouldn't hear about them. If you were really close, you might like send letters to each other, and then eventually you maybe like get on the landline and ring each other every month or two be like yeah i'll ring you again in one and a half months and then you have to know exactly when to do it because there's no other way of communicating obviously be real and social media allows you to do that um just frequently and just sort of stay up to date with what everyone's doing um and yeah it's it's great i think it doesn't take too much time away from your day. It literally takes 30 seconds. You get a notification. I don't have notifications off, so I'm often late. And it allows you to post late. But for integrity, I just post it as soon as I've seen it. So even if I'm on the loo, I'm checking my phone, which I shouldn't be. 
Uh, I'll be like, okay, I'll post a funny picture of the loo roll next to me or something. And then the floor, obviously, I mean, nothing, nothing else. Um, yeah, and it's not, not 18 plus content on that, I'll no. be real. Um, and there's, um, not much scro- there's not much scrolling involved with that then? No, right. So yeah. it's literally just that feed of an image that each person you've added has taken. And it's designed so that, like, it's not an endless scroll, right? You, ha- you, have, you have, like, your close friends on there. And you don't, like, why would you want to see what random people are up to on Be Real? Unless they're, like, celebrities. But even then, like, why would you? It's a mutual ad, so then the celebrities yeah. have to add the other person. And that's the thing I really oh, like right. about it as well. It's a mutual oh, right. ad on Facebook. You, yeah. don't, you don't follow people. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think I have maybe 15, 20 people on there. Yeah. Um, and that was mainly like church people, and then as I said, like probably ten other people. No, yeah, um, yeah. I think it's I think it's cool. Um, it doesn't kind of really right. play into any sort of algorithm like Instagram no. does, and yeah, I'll, I'll get onto that one see. But yeah, I think Vero is is good. Maybe that maybe that's the way. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the way right. to satisfy the the social media with you know being being off social media. Um, I mean, it's certainly yeah. a way to to do that part. yeah because you because you were big... saying you were saying like one of the massive positives for social media is that connection with anyone anywhere at any time and that is just utterly remarkable um like i had a social media detox for one month and during that month i was like oh, crap, i want to i want to message that person but i can't because i don't have their number mm. so in some cases I could get creative and kind of go around one person and, you know, ask, ask them for the number, which is a bit weird nowadays speaking, but um, yeah, that was kind of what I was doing, but there were moments where I was like, Oh crap, I can't message that person. I can't log on. So one month later, we'll, we'll see what they say. But um, yeah, like that, that's one of the big positives for socials and just that contact and, it does really feel like contact, even though it's not as well, which is a bit bizarre. Um, yeah. Mm. Um, but then obviously to, well, I, I genuinely don't believe the positives outweigh the abundance of negatives on all these platforms that have been around for more than 10 years because they've developed in such a way that's now marketing and getting money for those host companies. Um, that they just really don't hold the positives that they used to have um, in the same way. Um, it's definitely changed. Like the, yeah. the, the, what's happened over time, obviously, if we just focus on Instagram as the example, because I think it's, yeah. it's the, it is the most. Uh, well, most for, for, our, for, our, for, for our age group, I believe Instagram is the most kind of everything, abundant. Everything you message people or either on Instagram or if you don't, or on WhatsApp. And then you're looking at what people are doing on Instagram. It, like, it has yeah. that, and all the marketing and, and like yeah. brands and things will post things. I think, yeah, it's definitely just become a place where people have gone. I see this as an opportunity to market my product yeah. because people are looking at nice images of scenery and that because in in and I, I I'm not saying anything against it. I'm actually you know relatively think it's the natural thing, but. With, with the system of, of capitalism in terms of you're looking for ways to monetize things, to give value to people, you think, well, if I want to get a message out, why not do it in front of all those people's eyes where they're looking at things mm. on Instagram? Right? So yeah. over time, it's developed to the point where a lot of it is that marketing and the monetization of like selling people's data as well when you're scrolling and the consent you give to those companies and all that kind of stuff that didn't exist in its early days where I wasn't really, I didn't, I didn't have it back then. I wasn't part of the the lovely generation of like nice sunset photos every day. Where where the like button didn't hold so much weight. Right. Um, Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, um, like they say the save is a massive like. Um, So it just tells the algorithm that you really want that. But, I think yeah. Instagram's far more drastic than anything like Twitter because Twitter's a lot more niche and you, you can see by the followers, like someone who's got, you know, over 200K on Instagram might only have 10K on, on Twitter. Um, like there's a massive difference between the two. Um, and you said you weren't on that yet. But, Listen, you know, yeah. 
Yeah, I installed Twitter like three weeks ago. Um, Oof. Right. Because I wanted to start. Uh, it's a very powerful. Like, it's a very yeah, powerful. Yeah, I want to start like um, writing a bit more, like uh, yeah. like my thoughts and sort of general musings of anything I'm interested about, like philosophy or psychology or economics mm. or whatever. And I can just put together a little thing on Twitter, screenshot it, share on Instagram, and that's like what I want. That's obviously we'll talk about it, but that's what I'm trying to convert my main Instagram account to is a platform from which like good advice and ideas and motivation and all those kind of things and just general like interesting thoughts can just be spread because of the leverage of it. And then if I have Twitter as well, because of the way that Twitter works, that's that's more common on Twitter. But yeah, I'm not. I'm, yeah. I appreciate that I'm not using Twitter like most people do. Uh, most people just go on there and be like, "Oh, there's something." This is Andrew. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a, the worst of Twitter brings out the worst of people. Yeah. Sure. But yeah. But I also, the, also I, I, the amount of people that I've had direct connection to that I couldn't get connected anywhere else mm. is via Twitter. Like I'm, I was reading a book, a very well-known book in cycling by Peter Cossins, and. I, no way in hell could I have found him and messaged him on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. But then, because I interacted with him on Twitter, it worked, and now there's that connection there. And I suppose, yeah, because you're it's, if you reply to their tweet and then your tweet's like funny or adds value, and people were like, "Oh," and they like yeah. that, then it, the network's you're one step away from that person seeing it, and it, and it's attached to your name, so you know they know exactly who you are. And like I said, it's a lot more niche than Instagram far less people per page on there so you can have... i suppose especially for cycling right like, yeah like, that's what it's about. very all, all the pages you follow if you're able yeah. to grow yourself as a cyclist you're almost on the same footing as as these like world tour coaches and the people that yeah. focus and researchers and whatever so exactly but the last point you were kind of saying was what you wanted to go forward in social media but what sort of What's your ideal world of what social media would look like if you had the chance? Um, Big question. That's a really, that's <laughs> a really challenging question, Tom. You put me on the spot there. <laughs> uh, my ideal social media, I'm tempted just to say not at all, because if you cancel out the positives and the negatives and return back to the 1980s, of I course. believe... I, I would have rather. Oh been, yeah. Uh, from the perspective of me and you were on the same page on that, like we would have yeah. preferred to be born 10, 15 years earlier, and I have think you know certainly, later. There's certainly, um, there's certainly a lot of benefits that we take for granted, and we are mm. very privileged in. Like we we always live in the most privileged and uh, most abundantly comfortable society every day that is moving forward it keeps getting better yeah. contrary to a lot of the doom and gloom that is peddled especially on social media yeah. <laughs> like, we're constantly living in the best society like humanity has ever produced mm. but from the perspective of the prevalence of sort of like mental health and uh, the yeah just like the increasing negativity that's surrounded with social media and the gradual turn away from meeting up and socializing to connecting online as the first thing to do and the easier ways to yeah like basically what i'm saying is connecting one-to-one in real life with people is decreasing and connecting online is increasing Hmm. i don't think they're not like a connecting online is a good thing but if it's at the expense of connecting in person that's when it that's when it becomes a bad thing right so that's that's the thing that I think you or I we kind of both agree. We'd like to live in the successful era of humanity post World War Two, like maybe towards the end of the Cold War or end, or after Cold post Cold War. Everything's good, nineties booming, uh, and then obviously all, yeah. all, all of it comes in when we're a little bit older and we've all, our brains have already developed and we've already exactly. yeah, yeah got over anxiety and matured. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's a sorry. I, I just. I realise I'm getting a little bit off the question. An ideal social media. If I was going to say I had, there had to be one, I probably would say uh, you'd have a, you'd have, you wouldn't be allowed to post the same kind of thing across the social media. So it'd be actual distinctions. So 
all the marketing and business stuff that you currently see on Twitter and Instagram is banned, and you can only do that stuff on LinkedIn. And then like Instagram, you can't message people on Instagram, you can't whatever, it's just photos and videos, but no reels. You save the reels and the dopamine content for TikTok, which you also have restrictions on in terms of the monetization because you you know you don't want false products being put to children and to people who are consuming yeah. this content. So just having distinction between and the choice to engage, because the one thing that I actually think is really derailing Instagram in particular is the fact that they and as all, all of them are, they're importing they're all becoming more like each other. They're all becoming so similar and they're similar in their aim to basically just numb our dopamine systems yeah. to just wanting constant more. So like TikTok reel of now and now just reels on yeah. Instagram. And reels now they're on Facebook so as well. Yeah, right. Facebook is not, exactly now the same as Instagram. No. Everyone loves it. Everyone biologically will love a cheap, quick hit of yeah. a laugh or a little bit of pleasure. So that's why people are like, you know, one might stand and stuff like that's a favorable short term solution that, that damages you in the long run. And it's the same with this. I'd rather get rid of that stuff. Just have it all it segregated still. into their own app. Right. And then you can have utter choice on why you join that app. Like I joined Instagram purely for the love of sharing a beautiful photo. Right. Yeah, and exactly. that's what, that's what, you know, that's how you grew your account by sharing more beautiful photos. Um, mm. But you said something in there about kind of marketers, you know, pushing these ads to, you know, children essentially on these TikTok and, but on all their um, criteria and all those terms, T's and C's that no one reads, but they're there. Mm is nearly right at the top is must be 13 years or older on nearly every platform. Right. But yet you have these kids age seven with these massive iPhones they can't hold. Yeah. I mean, there's no way to verify the identity. And if, they're, if no, they don't want but... to put barriers in the way to get less users, right? Especially when exactly. children's data is actually very valuable. And exactly. that's, not, that's not good, but it, it is. <laughs> no, and like, their attention had... is very valuable. Yeah. Well, it's more powerful because, you know, their attention is so short anyway. And the children nag the parents as to make consumer decisions, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, it's such a... Exactly. Yeah, it's not good. It's, it's crazy. But, like, Tinder, you ca once you put your date in, you can't change it. So, like, yeah, someone you... who... So, you have to put your... So, like, someone can put their age in and say they're 18 when they're 16 or 17, right? Mm. And then in two years' time, it says they're 20, but they say star 18. Like, they can't change it back unless they delete the account oh, or re-upload. Yeah. But on Instagram and everything else, you can put a date in and then change that two days later or two years later and be like, oh, yeah, I'm actually 18. And then they don't do anything. Yeah, I think it comes down 30. to... It's it's a it's slightly obviously like a different topic of discussion and it will go down a different yeah. level, but it it comes down to whether you let um, the public or the private sphere determine the boundaries and what's appropriate for your children. Um, yeah. But because, there there are no boundaries at the moment. That's the thing. Well, yeah, well, that, well that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, so so we could we could move it to quite an obvious one that I'm sure each of us has experienced growing up, which is when you go and see a film. And a film was a twelve, and if it's yeah. like a p, if it's a PG, it's like parental guidance. Like you can, your parents make the discretionary choice. The business isn't going to impose on you that you have to be a certain age, but around probably eight to ten yeah. is is like the thresholds of maturity. But then you have like a twelve that you can be, you have to be twelve, or you can have like, yeah. There's all these kind of age distinctions that are yeah. either enforced upon you, or your parents make the decision. They're like, actually, even though you're thirteen. Let's it's watch right. an 18 at home because we think yeah. that you're this this isn't yeah. the kind of content that we think you should stop seeing. Yeah. Um and it's whether, you know, it's whether the parents should have more of a proactive role in stopping these children from getting on the social platforms. Like whose responsibility is it? Is it is it the biz is it the platform like TikTok to to really crack down on children using yeah. it? Or is it the parents? Because I would argue it's the parents but predominantly. Because there's always going to be things out there in the world and the yeah, I mean, as I said, it's yeah, a different world. Exactly. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, just, I mean, what do you think? Do you, it's do you so think that, um, companies should make it harder to view age-restricted content in general? I, or do you think that it should be left up to the individuals and if children are under the response, under the responsibility of their parents? And what? As you just heard there, Zach was asking a question and we would like you to interact with this and leave your comments uh, at the bottom of this podcast or on the Instagram channel and let us know your thoughts about what you would want to see from uh, your ideal social media platform. Thanks. Let's get on with the podcast. A a timely example of this is Twitter and Elon Musk supposedly taking over it and buying Mm. it out, right? And saying, I think in his kind of statement when he wanted to, take over it and what changes he would make is he'd add a verification system which reduces the number of bots drastically and i think that's one of the major starting points is getting rid of all those kind of fake accounts and getting actual verification of a facial thing and saying i'm a real person this is my account i'm doing you know i'm i'm doing something with it because that's where all the hate comes from. Because then they can make fake accounts and yeah, right. Go on comments and say terrible things when they have no possible way to come back to them. So if someone says something racist, it's tied to them because it's verified. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the major starting points. And then with that, you can also put these age things in where, like, if you don't put your age in right, then you know, I don't know how you can police that, but you know, they're they're might be measures that you can't change this later so yeah i don't know on the on the data maybe that will mean something but um i th- I think the bots are kind of reducing that community down in size on the amount of fake accounts there are then i think that's one way to do it first um which will help a lot of that horrible posts and terrible um comments and hate and stuff like this um but also i do think that the parents especially nowadays knowing how it affects them and has affected them because you're coming to the first generation of people who have used these phones like for us in 10 years time our generation is going to be adults and have kids of our own um and i think at that point there's going to be a big change because we've grown up with it in a way that isn't so young that it's part of us but it came in late enough that we knew what life was before it and that our kids shouldn't be doing that and i think that's in you know five to ten years time that's going to be a big change in from the public persona and pressuring the companies to do something but also the parents will i believe be able to control things a little bit tighter as well because they just have more information um, to do things with, yeah. I mean, you'd hope you'd hope so, right? You, you'd hope that uh, more people are like us in terms of their reflection and awareness of it, as uh, in terms of its negative effects. Um, I think with time as well, just with a bit more maturity as well. I think yeah, more I people will come to it as they get more family and realize it's taking up four hours of their day on average. I think is mm. most people would spend like yeah. I've got nothing to do here, really, and I'm on my phone four hours a day because I, there's not much else. So it's uh, every time slot you have between doing things is filled yeah. up and it, with the yeah. phone, yeah. and it, it shouldn't is, be. Like you, you put something on. on your story the other day. And Zach's account is brilliant on Instagram because he puts all these messages and stuff from you know Jordan B. Peterson, another podcast. Oh let's let's try and get on that. Um, <laughs> No, so you put something on there where it's like you're enjoying yourself. You're enjoying yourself too much. You're making yourself unhappy. I think it was where yeah you're yeah, getting so much dopamine. You're then getting unhappy when it should, in little parts, be actually making you happy if you time it right and not be having a dopamine hit every thirty seconds. Because right. you've, I've actually you've, just got the post. Then, if you just if, yeah, before you yeah, yeah. Read it out. Read it out. Uh, it's from an Instagram account called Behavior Hack. 
uh, and he says, you're unhappy because you can't stop making yourself happy. Scrolling, watching, and eating. We're hunter-gatherers drowning in dopamine. It's hard to enjoy anything when you're enjoying everything. Do less and enjoy more. So powerful, man. Just be still. Just don't always yeah. need to be consuming. Exactly. It's like... but, it's so, but that's the thing. Like, it's so hard to control yourself without you know external apps and things to block it. Like You recommended stay free for me. Yes, it uses up a lot of battery space, but it does kind of reduce that time somewhat. Um, it makes you aware of it. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Like, it, it, my Instagram use is like 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off. Is like, that is what I'm doing for four hours, but it's in 30 second blocks. And it's crazy. Like, I'm not doing a big shift on there, you know, really engage. Well, I'm engaging in things, but, you know, it's those little hits when I have nothing to do with it's like you know just little clicks it, here and there it, it kind of links back to what we were saying about having the distinction between the app that does it all so because you might be responding to a message of a close friend about meeting them next week yeah. right or anything but you could be responding to a message you go on the app fully intention to just respond to the message and then put everything else and then 20 minutes later you're on some like random bike hero account looking at the reels <laughs> that they made in 2018 <laughs> yeah it, it's like well they, oh, they didn't make reels in 2018 thankfully but yeah you're looking at you know you just get into the wormhole of like constantly ha ha that's funny yeah, what's yeah. the next piece of content that gets thrown at me and it's just yeah it suck it's so energy draining in in that month off that I had, um, kind of, I, I came up with two ideas that might reduce that. And one of them, you gave it a shot at, and that's reducing the amount of people that you're following. How did that make you feel when, when um, that happened and you were unshadow banned and you actually had full function, <laughs> functioning back? Yeah, right. Uh, well, obviously, because it's kind of bottish behavior, if you just unfollow yeah. like a thousand people in one day. <laughs> which you did. So Instagram actually shadow banned me for a while, which meant that if you searched my name, it wouldn't actually come up to try and find my account unless you, in, unless you searched the entire username, which isn't that much, but usually it would suggest after you put Z, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, there's obviously context like, leading up to this into the, like, the, the other sorts of things that I've tried to do uh, in terms of my social media. Like, I, did, I did a similar thing to you last year. I came off for, for a month. Mm. I've always had well, that, like, that. That was one of my inspirations, actually. Right. That month off yeah, in, yeah. in June for the exams and, you know, how much freedom you got. But I feel like such a hypocrite because I've gone back at, off the completely other end of this spectrum. It's yeah. remarkable. But... Like you should have come off it when you went to Belgium, right? For the month. Because it's... Well, yeah, but there's nothing to do here. So I'm craving that connection and that perceived connection that I have with the people. And if you unfollow, like you, like you didn't unfollow everyone. You still had like what, 500 people left on the following. Um, if you unfollow everyone, then you have no feed. You can't scroll. It's not so easy to scroll, but then that defeats the whole purpose of connecting with people because that follow is so powerful to people. Because how how <laughs> how many people were unfollowed you like one evening? Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> uh, well, people have um, like people that I thought were friends and etc. Uh, unfollowed me when I was doing the whole vlogging thing in 2019, 2020, um, because I was posting things that were like to some people considered spam and they didn't want to see it. Understandably, to be honest. And it wasn't for them, but people will, that you thought were friendly with you and follow you, and you can't take it personally, right? Because it's each their own. And uh, at the end of the day, those that mind don't matter, and those that matter don't mind. Hmm. And so it means that you can sort of be okay with the rejection from being your yeah. true self. I mean, okay, this is a different, different topic. I'll, we'll, we'll talk about it another time. But. <laughs> What I found with this time round, having all of these people on my feed that I've kind of gradually accumulated over the last three or four years of having Instagram, and then I think I nearly followed like two thousand people post two. Yeah, 
Uh, and so I was I'm under, basically three thousand two hundred in December. Really? Wow. That's yeah, awesome. I've halved that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's like my following and followers were pretty much balanced. Um, but then I thought, you know what? How many stupid accounts am I following that I just don't get any value from, um, mm. and I just waste my time on? Um, yeah. Like a lot of, admittedly, I, I mean, I, anyone knows me, I love a good meme, and I make memes myself all the time. People think I should like have Twitter to like post the memes to get on there. If anyone's an well, F1 fan, Tom, Tom's well, always telling me, aren't you? <laughs> get, get yeah. your meme w- on WTF1. WTF1. Yeah. <laughs> we've, had, we've had some winners for the steering wheel. Yeah, you reckon? Ne- next year. Yeah. Um, but then again, like, uh, do I really need to be looking at memes like that much in a day where I could actually enjoy, at the end of the day, watching a 15-minute YouTube comedy skit and that's funny? But I'm not like burnt out from the instant. Oh, that's a good pun, that is. Or like nice bit of irony there, constantly. Anyway, so I unfollowed all those accounts. And yes, I think about 150 people unfollowed me, uh, which is actually insane. It's ridiculous, isn't it, man? <laughs> like, um, that that so follow is just so one powerful. I think I followed yeah. one and a half, I unfollowed one and a half thousand people. Yeah, a lot of them were people that I. Have known in the past or very loosely know now but mm. i have no interest in seeing what they're doing being plastered in my face on social media it doesn't mean i don't care about them it doesn't mean i won't yeah. speak to them when i see them in real life yeah like you come but across them then you much. can set it's like in the old days you you'd get the telephone and you'd call the person you wanted to because you knew that telephone like if you cared about someone's life then you would s- search up the tag and look at what they were doing because you're interested in that and that's the way that i perceived that unfollowing like you can unfollow the people that you cared about but that follow is so powerful that you couldn't really because then they lose their respect in you but you would have to explain that um yeah no so, yeah exactly and i wanted to be so selective with it because yeah i was like well what what's the point in seeing uh 1000 people loads of people who i just follow because they happen to be at the same sick form as me just to build each other's following. Like, mm. And I might like their photos of the, the, the group of girls at prom, but do I talk to, or, or like, if I'm honest, do I care about them? No. It's not possible to care about that many people. <laughs> um, yeah, like we're, we're so, designed to be in a tribe of 15 to 30 people. You're right, yeah. That's it. Like, not a thousand, two thousand, three thousand. Not meant to care about that many people. So, so I had to be a bit brutal. And... Uh, I'm also quite a, I'm quite an agreeable, and I would say, I, I can be too nice sometimes. So I, I feel I feel the emotion of things more than most people from my perception. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest, I think you'll probably fall into the same category as me there. Oh yeah. In terms, of, uh, I think it, there's that part of me that's like I just I feel really bad for unfollowing these people. Like these people that I would even consider but... potentially distant friends, but I, I just don't. Mm. Uh, I had to make the decision for myself on balance. Yeah, chop them. Yeah, and see what it's. Happens. It's like I saw either a, um, see, I can't even. It stuck with me, but I can't remember. What I saw um, if you've not called them or texted them for over two years, don't try and bring them back into your life <clears throat> because you, you've you've passed that. They were part then. Why? Unless you're really, really, really keen on it, but. Why are you just bringing it back for a one-day conversation just to get that hit, you know? Um, and it's <laughs> yeah. those sort of, those sort of things like that. That's where you can be like, ah, oh, I knew them before, but I've not spoken to them in two or three years. Yeah, yeah. Unless, like, why seek it? Like if you yeah. see them at a race, exactly. oh, mate, yeah. how you been? And, exactly. and that's genuine as well. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. like, oh my gosh, I recognise you. We were on the same team four years ago. <laughs> yeah. What have you been doing since? <laughs> exactly. But on the phone, it's very artificial. It's like, hey, what's up? I'm good. Let's go. <laughs> Do you care or are you just sat waiting for your train and thinking, yeah. <laughs> I wonder what yeah. they're up to. Let me just pass time and just yeah. use them as a, as a way to pass time. Because I, exactly. I think a lot of people do that. They, they talk to people well, yeah. and message people for the sake of it, just exactly. to feel like they're doing something. It's not actually yeah. for themselves rather than the other people. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And so that was kind of the main major reason that 
that the major answer that I came up with. And maybe that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this with the podcast with you so that people could understand that if for some reason I just do unfollow everyone, like it's not because I don't want to follow you. It's that I'll search you up later if I want to f- see what you've done. And yeah. it's you know. being in control. It's exactly. being, um, because if you turn on Instagram and suddenly mm. an image is pushed to the face of someone exactly. doing something, rather than you wanting to see it. I mean, yeah, it, it's a bit of swings and roundabouts. Like it mm. depends on what like, the person is, what the I, kind of content is, etc. But Yeah, I started up the Chopper House podcast and it was zero for a good number. And I was like, well, okay, I've got no feed here. I can just post shit. <laughs> uh, that's it, done. Exactly. Wicked. That's um, kind of what I gradually wanted to transition this this main account to, yeah. Um, because I created another account, yeah, um, which I'm sure you were sort of going to maybe get onto. Um, but yeah, that distinction between turning my my previous account where I vlog everything on, and it obviously mm. grew and grew from networking with friends and then cyclists yeah. and business people and whatever, whatever I was following, and I sort of thought, yeah, do this following cult don't need to see all this anymore. I want to be more selective. I want to see things that are actually beneficial that maybe give me a bit of encouragement or that provide me a little bit of insight or something interesting. So that's mm. kind of what I did when I stepped yeah. away. And mm. I thought for a long time, I've battled with this distinction between sharing my personal life. Um, so sharing things that I would consider private information, relatively speaking. Like I don't want the whole yeah. world to know what I'm doing. Whereas that's exactly. what I was doing previously with the whole authenticity yeah. of my life, right? <laughs> on a public account, which isn't good as a, as no. a person. So I thought, well, if I if I'm consciously create that distinction, have a private account where I have like less than a hundred people that I know and I'm friends with and I'm regularly talking to, and then my main account where I can share ideas, philosophy, psychology, etc., and I follow accounts that are in that domain, so that it's like I'm just learning. And so, yeah, I, I wanted that place to be somewhere where those ideas were were building on top of each other and had that distinction. And that's basically what I've done. Um, and I've got a lot of tweaking to do, a lot of learning to do, uh, as I'm sure I have done over the last couple of years and will over the next few years, being intentional with what I do and thinking about why I do what I do, why I enjoy or feel sad about a certain thing, which is why I actually... I have this interest in psychology that I want to go into. It's like, it's really fascinating to me. And it means we can make the best decisions mm. that will help ourselves and other people. And why not want to help? Why, why would that not be your top aim? Right? Exactly. So, like having intention and being busy and, you know, doing the things that brings you utter joy. And yeah. And that's what this podcast is. And that's where I want to go because you have all these other podcasts like the, diary of the ceo that kind of inspired this a little bit and then the high performance podcast all those people you shared a new one didn't you about a friend with phone book i can't remember who it was but i was like yeah that's that's, that's exactly what i'm doing (laughs) no i tell um, is a nightclub owner in bournemouth he bought a bike from our bike shop in lockdown and he became a little bit of a local social media hero but because he knew me from selling the bike i've networked with him and he he obviously doesn't he's building that network and he owns like six or seven businesses mm. and he wants to do a podcast because he's not doing a podcast these days. Exactly. We're doing a podcast right. right now. Exactly. Because podcasts are sharing great ideas and having conversations to learn things, right? And that's yeah. such a great thing that they can have. So yeah, Ty, he's, yeah. people people, are, people are making them to create that space and that's what he's doing. Yeah. So all, all power to him. So, Sorry, I completely. That was my fault as well. But um, all these kind of podcasts that are big and successful, but also they're very similar to what we're tra- what I'm trying to do here. But the difference is, they've got experts that have done that in their field for ten years plus. What I'm trying to do is get people that want to be experts in ten years, mm. and what challenges they're facing right now in this current age of social media and everything else that is going on right now that puts a lot of challenges on what we're trying to do and because we're told many many times that this generation is the generation that's a power to change 
the direction that the world's going in many different ways, politics, um, climate change, social media, just general life. And I want to capture those people. And that's where I want to go. So we'll have you back on, Zach, uh, for one of those uh, later, talking about where you want to go and where you come from and why. I'm sure everyone can't wait to hear <laughs> yeah, more we'll, of we'll my voice we'll... going off on massive tangents and not shutting I mean, up. it's been fun, man. Like, it's been a good train of thought. It's been good. We've stayed on topic mostly, which I'm very pleased about because I was very worried that we're just going to go on, on tangents. But I think we've got some great stuff here. I mean, oh, yeah, man. anyone I... listening right now, I think, it's... yeah, I'm going to listen to this back and I'm going to be inspired. Yeah. So I hope you are too. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, I am. To big myself I am. <laughs> I am, man. You always inspire me. Like, you know, oh, you're the school you're above me, but you've inspired me so much to, you know, do do the things that I'm doing and um take I always think of what things you've said and yeah they stick with me man like many things and mm. you know I I remember a lot of things and so, well yeah. I'm just I'm learning and I'll share yeah. what I learn because exactly it and it's pa- it's powerful man um yeah. keep keep doing it but that was a brilliant podcast thank you and uh, hopefully thank I can do the power, power of editing and make it work oh absolutely so, it's gonna come out really well i hope so yeah um but yeah so just wrapped it up at the end they're kind of setting up the whole series as well which is very good <laughs> uh with more things so that was more of a general topic but if people like general topic maybe we just do general topics with people our age i don't know it's where the idea was first wasn't it in in december it's like have an idea talk about it with people um so yeah. maybe maybe we do on off on off and see what happens but let the people in, decide in its infancy so let's give it a go um you have to yeah. you have to try 10 different things and one of them might work <laughs> exactly yeah. but if you want to follow zach on social media let, let me get the tag right so i don't give the wrong one <laughs> <laughs> well it depends it, it now is like a gateway to my private life it's like if you if you end up following the one with the underscore underneath it, then you're a close friend. <laughs> don't get too offended if I don't accept you. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> He's very picky. Uh, it's just Saxnell. Um, no dots or underscores, just Saxnell on Instagram. Um, Sounds like you're saying Saxnell, mate. <laughs> Zach, I've got a cold, man. Allow yeah, it. Belgian racing. In, well, you wouldn't Z- think in June. <laughs> anyway... That was uh, Zach Snell. Thank you very much for joining me on that. Uh, I hope you really enjoyed that uh, that podcast about social media and learned a thing or two because I certainly have from his perspective. And um, yeah, thanks for joining the Chopper House. We hope to see you here again soon and uh, enjoy. <laughs>